Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. In this episode, we're having a battle royale. We've watched the pilots of six Indian streaming shows, and we're going to pick one to watch in full for the next Netflix and Dill installment. Charming slice of life rom-coms, spy thrillers, independent women. Find out which shows left us wanting more, and which ones had us reaching for the remote to stop the next episode from autoplaying. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, it is a time for binge-watching. Yeah. (laughs) Time for binge-watching streaming series. No shit. (laughs) And uh, we've been doing this Netflix and Dill series for a little while now. Yeah, and, we've done probably, what, six or seven episodes? Yeah, and we we haven't known what to do next. We haven't known what series seems the most interesting, which one is most critically acclaimed. The last time we asked you guys to pick one, it was Deadly Crime, which was admittedly a bit of a bummer. It was, but you know what? <laughs> it's I'm, good. It's a good show. It's just, yeah, I might yeah. not have sat down to watch it if we hadn't done that poll. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually really glad we, we did watch it. But there's been just an explosion of content kind of since since Sacred Games came out, which feels like the bit like the first big one. Well, I mean, you get mentioned in the New York Times. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's the imprimatur of, in the States at least, like, you made it. Yeah. So there's been a lot of series kind of vying for our attention. So what we decided to do was kind of pick six uh, six that we'd kind of heard a lot about that were recommended to us uh, or that we were curious about to check out mm-hmm. and watch the pilots and then kind of discuss them in this Netflix and Dill episode and then pick one series for our next dedicated Netflix and Dill episode. Which may not be the next episode no. from now. No, it will not be the next episode. Probably we want to watch some movies. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. we're still going to try and space out the Netflix and Dills. Yeah. Um, but we thought that was a good idea to kind of figure out what we wanted to do next. And also, you know, we don't want to sit down and watch an entire series and do the episode and say it wasn't worth it, right? Yeah. So we just kind of thought, like, pilots, to a certain extent, are designed to catch your attention, to make you interested in the rest of the show. Let's try six of them. But they're not like they were before. They used to be kind of like mini movies, yeah. like explaining the plot. And sometimes a pilot would just end up becoming a movie if it didn't get picked up by the network. Mm-hmm. Now it's usually like just the first chapter in a story. Although a few of these are kind of situation comedy type. Yeah. But like a pilot used to be, you know, it could be shot way before all the other episodes. They used to be like people could get cast out. You might get mm-hmm. different characters and things. But I think most of these are essentially to be read as just the first chapter of an ongoing story. Yeah, I think so. We want to give a shout out to past and future guest, Suchin Mayrotra, who is doing a lot um, on streaming content over at Film Companion. He Mm -hmm. has a uh, YouTube series streaming with Suchin, so we'll leave a link to that. And we reached out to him and said, you know, like, what shows do you recommend? And a couple of these were certainly his recommendations. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think one that was totally not on our radar at all that I really, really enjoy. I, we say that we're going to pick one series from this episode. We'll probably watch one or two. But I think, yeah, I think there's, there's at least half of these really interest me. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, thank you so much for lending us your... Uh, your expertise, Sujin. Uh, please check out some of his content because he has so much. He's a bigger expert on this than we are. He's a machine. Yeah. He, he puts out a lot of stuff. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Uh, now, we we keep saying we're going to check out some of those shows on Eros Now and on Hotstar. We didn't. Hotstar's got like one, right? Uh, well, Criminal Justice, I think, is the right, right, one. Right, right, right. Yeah. And Eros Now has like Smoke... And that other one where they're, like, dressing up as mascots or something. But it's not like that mascots show. That Isn't there um, Oh, that guy who was in Sonchiria. Ranveer Shori. Doesn't he have, like, a sitcom? I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we need to do more on what's available on Hot Star and Eros now. Uh, but we just... We, they don't look as good. I don't know. They don't know. look as good. Yeah. I am interested in how sexy Jim Sarb potentially looks in Smoke. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we still haven't got any Heroes Now and Hot Star shows. I'm so sorry to those services and also to the fans <laughs> of those services. Sorry, Hot Star. 
I mean, we still like you for... I just realized there's not going to be a Canadian Cricket League this year. Shit. Sorry, Matt. Damn it. Anyway. Yeah. No, anyway. no Canada dries this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So instead of kind of like focusing on streaming service, we really just picked like the six shows we thought uh, either had the most buzz, you know, came with the highest recommendations or that just interest us. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, so do you want to say anything going into this? Anything else before we get into the shows? I mean, I think quality wise, these are all pretty solid. Mm. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. It's not like they're just some, you know time waster like it they look like decent projects yeah right so our first series uh is little things now i've actually seen the whole first season because Mm -hmm. i watched it one day when i was homesick from work nice uh but you had never seen it before so it originally started out on dice media's youtube channel Hmm. uh before being picked up by netflix so there are three seasons now all three of them are available on netflix and the episodes are kind of getting progressively longer as they've been making more seasons. So are they just going to call it, like, things eventually? <laughs> I don't know. So the the first... Regular things. <laughs> long things. The first season, the episodes are 14 minutes each. Very uh, satisfying chunk. Yes. That's a good... It's a good YouTube. Good for YouTube, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's how long a Quibi is going to be. Yeah. So if they ever need to jump ship from <laughs> Netflix and go to Quibi, I think they've got that yeah. sewn up. Uh, by the third season on Netflix, episodes are up to like 40 minutes long. That's like three quibbies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they in total have 21 episodes and it debuted on October 25th, 2016. They're probably going to do a season about the pandemic, right? I, I don't know. They seem pretty uniquely suited to it, though, because it's these two people. Potentially. It's created by Drew Segal and it stars Mithila Palkar and Drew Segal. It's in Hindi and English. So this English? Is- this is this of all the series we discussed. This is the one that's kind of the least Hindi specific. Yeah, um, there's a lot of English in it, uh, but I still think it kind of fits within the umbrella of you know what we are looking for, what we want to discuss on this show. Mm-hmm. It's about a live-in couple in Mumbai. Uh, I have experience with half of that sentence. <laughs> yes, yeah. So it's like a like working you know couple of um career-oriented individuals. Millennials, you might say. Millennials, yes. Uh, in, in Mumbai. And the first episode is all about how... It's all about FOMO and mm-hmm. how on a Sunday... Something everyone, I think, is remembering now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on a Sunday when neither of them have to go to work, uh, they feel FOMO because of all the things that their friends are out doing and posting on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I've seen the whole first season, so I can I kind of have more of. Um, do you have FOMO? More of, an, more of a, do I have FOMO? Yeah. Does that ever happen to you? Totally. Uh, it doesn't really happen to me. Especially when I see like how well curated other people's lives seem to be on social media, and like how perfect all their pictures are. But that's the point. Like everyone gets depressed because it's like, oh, my life isn't like Instagram. And I'm sure someone looks at your Instagram page and thinks like, oh, she just drinks delicious cocktails all day long, and that is. Somewhat true, but it's not every day. Yeah. We could use a cocktail every day, but you don't do it. But that's also part of what the episode's about. Yeah. Yeah. They realize that, yeah, like, they had a good day all along, and you can kind of just make a boring day look good. Yeah. And it wasn't even that boring of a day. They did a lot of stuff. They do do a lot of stuff. Uh, Yeah. So, because I've seen the whole first season and a bit of the second season, um, I know more about, like, these characters and where this is going. So, I'm curious on what you felt about just this one episode. I mean, it was pretty satisfying. They, mm-hmm. what they sleep into, um, they sleep into like noon and aren't able to go to a restaurant that uh, the, the guy wants to go to. Yeah, something and, you cannot relate to because both you don't sleep in and you don't get excited about food. No, I mean like it, the restaurant will probably still be there later, right? Yeah. And going when it's really busy and hot, it's probably not going to be the best experience. Just go a week, week later. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they go to a hair salon. She gets some stuff done, and he watches, uh, I think it's Liverpool at Arsenal on his phone, and then gets kicked out for swearing too much. Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. Um, then they make dinner at home, basically. They no, pizza. they order in. Yeah. And they, well, they, they think about going to a bunch of different restaurants, and it doesn't happen. This feels very 
true to my own life. Oh yeah, it's so relatable. Of like, what do you want to eat? Where do what kind of food do you want? Like, where do you want to go? Yeah, and that's one thing that I love. I hate making decisions like that. Yeah, and that's one thing that I love about this show is it's it's really relatable about what it's like to be two young professionals mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of navigating the ups and downs of a long-term live-in relationship, something that you and I obviously have a lot of experience in. Yeah. And I just find both of these actors so incredibly charming. Yeah, they're... I mean, uh, I've only watched the first two, first episode, but yeah. they're pretty engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you liked it? Yeah, I'd watch another one. Okay. I mean, it's short, too, so that's easy. <laughs> All right. Well, this brings us uh, to our next show, Matt. Push for Volley. I like this one, too. Yeah, so do I. So this is on Amazon Prime. Uh, started on December 15th, 2017. There's two seasons, 16 episodes. They're about 22 minutes each. It's created by Sumaki Suresh, directed by Debbie Rao, and features Sumaki Suresh, Manisha Anand, Naveen Richard, et al., and it's about Pushpavali. And what I liked about this show is it has kind of a Seinfeld um, contempt for other people to it. Yeah. Like, I remember on Seinfeld how they just did whatever they wanted and they didn't care what happened to anyone else. <laughs> people go to jail. George's uh, fiance dies <laughs> over the course of Seinfeld. And they're just like, oh, well... You know, I'm still having this uh, competition with my roommate down the hall. Like, they just don't care. Yeah. This is kind of like that, too. Like, Pushpavali, she moves to... Goa. She moves to Goa. And she likes this hot guy (laughs) who she meets while trying to sell him jelly, I think, at some sort of, like, farmer's market. Yeah, fake jam. Yeah. She's like a food scientist. Yeah. And she becomes kind of obsessed with this guy. She's paying this uh, driver off who is standing around at the tea place <laughs> next to his office. Um, she's paying him by getting number numbers and names off of her work's computer to give to him to, so he can try and give them CCTVs. Like, it's a whole complicated thing. She but works she, in a children's library, which also just seems to kind of be like a daycare. Yeah. And her People boss, just drop off their kids there. Her boss has no problem just, like, swearing in front of all of these children. Well, no, he doesn't swear in front of the children. Like, he, he moderates himself, but he's still, like, really angry when <laughs> yes. the children the kids are around and makes them do stuff. Also very funny and relatable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this this show came highly recommended from Suchin. It was not on our radar at all, but he yeah. said it was like the best dark comedy out there. It's funny. And I it's really loved good. it. Yeah. I really, really loved it. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. It's also really great to see a show about a larger woman. Who's just horny. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the whole... <laughs> it doesn't really explain anything else. You don't need to. It's just like, she likes this guy. Yeah. What I, is she going to do? Well, she'll do whatever it takes. I recently watched the first two seasons of Shrill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for people who liked Shrill, this this would be like a good place to go if you want more. Uh, just, yeah, like more, more, more larger funny women. Her uh, co-worker at the... Children's Hospital is just kind of like affably dumb. I liked yeah. her. And yeah, the guy who runs, not it's not a children's hospital, it's, it's a children's library. But anyway, the guy who runs the library is really funny too. Yeah. It's, I like the cast of characters. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch more of this. I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really, really like the lead, um, Sumki Suresh. She's a uh, comedian, right? I yeah, think I've she's seen her do stand up. Like yeah. does she have like a Netflix special maybe? I don't know. I think I've seen somewhere with her. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll look into that. This to me feels a lot different than a lot of the other content that's out there, both mm-hmm. uh, in Hindi and in in other languages. And it's just, you know, I I I want more I want more women's experiences. Well, shows about self-centered assholes are always usually pretty funny, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't necessarily need to like them, but it's just funny to see someone not caring about other people and yeah. doing whatever they feel like. Yeah, yeah. That's no, fun. I think this is... I, and I, I have no idea where this show is going to go, but I already like the kind of setup of all the characters in yeah. this first episode. And she lives in like a... And it really, like... Th- throws you into the premise and into the show like at one yeah point, it, is, it is a little bit confusing because you see like a a flashback to how they met yeah but then you don't realize that what happens afterwards yeah, yeah. at one point i questioned whether or not we actually selected the first episode yeah yeah, yeah. So, so if that happens to you you know, just 
push through. It's it's twenty minutes. And it wouldn't be the first time we accidentally watched like a later episode when we were trying to watch an earlier. Yeah, what what did we do that with? We accidentally watched the finale of Silicon Valley. Oh right, yeah. Like, we somehow skipped over three episodes. But there's a time jump in that anyway, so yeah, it, it kind of made sense. But <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Uh, but Pushpa Valley, funny. I like it. Yeah. I, I could see the girls at the uh, hostel where she lives. Maybe there's some more stuff with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I just can't stress enough how important it is uh, in terms of representation that, you know, we have all kinds of bodies on our screens. Yeah. I think that's really important. It's good. Uh, so speaking of wanting uh, more women's stories. How about four women? <laughs> yeah, four women. Uh, though all pretty thin. <laughs> the one the one girl uh, is like TV fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's supposed to be a bit chubby, but like, yeah, she's TV chubby. Mm-hmm. Uh, four more shots, please. Uh, I've heard a lot about this show, partly because some of our Twitter friends, some people we know. Shasha, he really likes this show. Yeah, 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 and Kay Phil, she also really likes it, uh, have really recommended it. I tried to watch the first episode a while back when you were out of town and I was home alone, and I think I got five minutes in. Yes, because it it started at five minutes in, and like, oh, that's weird, and you're like, oh, this is where she gave up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It debuted on January 25th, 2019. Uh, currently, there's one season streaming with 10 episodes. They're 28 to 35 minutes each. It's directed by Anu Menon, and it stars Sayani Gupta, Kriti Kuhari, Fanny J, and Manvi Gagru. It has been renewed for a second season, which is coming out on April 17th, 2020, which is another reason why uh, we decided to add it to the list, because the second season is is forthcoming. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, probably the easiest way to... It's Indian Sex and City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The easiest way to describe this is that it is Indian Sex and City. And it was very clear to me which characters were supposed to be which Sex and the City characters. Okay, well, is the gym lady Samantha then? Because that's yes. the only one that didn't track for me. Yes, though she's younger. Because she, Samantha in Sex and the City is the oldest, and here she's a bit younger. But and she's, she's totally and Samantha. And she's bi... Yes. Samantha's not bi, is she? Uh, Samantha has a whole arc where she has a girlfriend, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, that being said... I've seen maybe seven episodes of uh, Sex and the City. Which is so. shocking, because I've seen them all many times. I go I'm to constantly a, watching them. Well, I go to the other room and read a book, usually, or play video games. I mean, yeah. I, there's nothing wrong with Sex and the City. Um, I think my problem with it was when I had access to it and I was a teenager, I was like, all right, this is going to be great. <laughs> what? They're just... Sitting around drinking Cosmos and bitching at each other. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah, so Sayani Gupta is totally the Carrie. She's a journalist. Yeah. Uh, Kirti Kohari is totally the uh, Miranda. She's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. Yeah. Benny J is the horny one. She's totally the Samantha. And Manvi Gagru is uh, the one who wants to get married. Charlotte. She's the Charlotte. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Not wants to get married. She's getting forced into it by her parents, basically. Basically. And she's yeah. like, she's a virgin and she's yeah. she's the most feminine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a bit chubby. So like, these characters are different, but I'm also like, no, they're, they're like, they clearly pulled the, format the exact works. same yeah. styles of characters. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, the format makes sense. Yeah. And, and I, oh, and Kurti Kohari also is a single mother. Yeah. Which is very Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda has a baby during the course of Sex and the City. Uh, okay, so I'm I'm a big fan of Sex and the City. I admit that aspects of Sex and the City haven't aged well. Anytime um, they do, like, gay people. N- not necessarily homosexual characters, but bisexual characters. Anything with bisexuality on Does Sex and the City Does any trans person come well. up on Sex and the City? Yes, that stuff also hasn't aged yeah, well. Yeah, okay. So some- I'm just trying to think of things that, like... Early 2000s, late 90s, they would have screwed up. Yeah, so some some of the LGBTQ content um, has an age. Well, Stanford was, you know, a one of one of not the main characters, but a recurring character on the show, and he's a gay. Oh, that's man. Carrie's gay buddy. But like, he's yeah. he's very stereotypical. Like, he's fashionable, and he he is yeah, yeah. like he's like the safe gay. Mm-hmm. So there there are certainly aspects that haven't aged well, mm-hmm. uh, but over. I still adore that show and I still I still get a lot out of it not just the fashion but the the storylines and kind of what what it means to be you know an independent professional wim- woman 
in the world. It also has led to numerous disappointments for you for my career <laughs> in that the book launches that you are forced to go to for me are nowhere near the ones that uh, Carrie goes nowhere to on Sex and City. Not uh, even close. Uh, the show has a, has a lot to say about female friendship, too. So, so four more shots, please, already, you know, with the trailers and those comparisons, had a lot to live up to for yeah, me. Yeah, that's tough. And, and that's, that's not the show's fault. That's very tough. That's not the show's fault. But I will say... It misses the mark uh, for me personally. One thing that I love about Sex and the City is that it really is... Um, the, the, New York City really is kind of like the fifth character on the show. I know that sounds cliche, but all the places that they visit, or like all the restaurants that they go to in the clubs, those are real places. Yeah, and they became tourist traps. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they did, like Magnolia Bakery. Yeah. Um, but there's this, there's kind of a sense of, dare I say, like authenticity there's texture to the show all of this felt so fake to me yeah i mean you could the club you could have have told me that they're in any big city in india and i wouldn't have known the difference but like again we don't know india that well no but when you watch sex the city it's unmistakably new york a place we've never been to yeah and it's just like there's there's such texture Whereas this club that they go to feels so fake and artificial the truck bar yeah aka the bar (laughs) <laughs> You're going to have to bleep that. Yeah, I know. Uh, and that really frustrated me because it just it feels very set-bound. Um, yes. And, I don't know, it had more of maybe like a sitcom-y feel. Uh, the Hot I, Doctor was pretty hot? I don't know. Yeah, that I just, yeah. I didn't really feel was as artificial as kind of the other two shows we've previously, that we've already talked about in this episode, which are also comedies and sitcoms. Well, this is this is fake drinking, too. Like, yeah. you, no one would go to a bar and have it turn into Coyote Ugly like that. And they're not, like, if they're pounding, like, martinis the way they are apparently doing on that show, like, it's not the thin man. They would be wasted. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they so, seem fine. Like, it's it's unrealistic. Yeah, I just, I found, like, there was a really contrived quality to it that... And I'm, I don't mean to pile on this show that I know a lot of people really like. Uh, and and maybe after the first episode, it kind of finds more of its footing. I'm only really talking about the first episode. I will say there was a scene where Kirti Kahari and Sayani Gupta were kind of uh, walking down the street. Yeah, that was Having right. a conversation. That I really liked. Because again... That, it... I was great. That was location shooting. We it were was actually location the shooting. of Mumbai. And also... It awakened a fear in me that I've been trying to put a word to for a long time, which is when you're walking by kids playing soccer or basketball and then the ball comes to you. Right. What do you do? Yeah. Like, do you kick it back and either make you a fool of yourself by screwing up or or just leave it? Yeah. I've been trying to think of a word for that because I walk by a school on my way to work when I go to work now. (laughs) And there's no kids at this school anyway. But like, I've been trying to put a a, a name to that feeling for years. Just like, uh, I don't want the... I don't have to deal with a ball over here. Yeah. Why can't these kids be better at sports? Anyway, complete tangent. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do really like Sayana Gupta and Kurti Kalhari. I like the gym girl. She was... Benny Jim. She was I, kind of like a, a androgynous. So I thought that was kind of cool. I do like that she is very clearly bisexual. Yeah. And uh, look... Uh, she hooks up with a model. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Canadian Lisa Ray. Is in the in cleanest, the- presumable women's washroom I've ever... <laughs> oh, God, yes. Yeah, I've never... I, I've been in lots of men's washrooms. They're not that clean. And I'm presuming that women's washrooms yeah. are not that clean either. Big stall. Yeah. Huge stall. <laughs> must have been the must have been the wheelchair stall. Uh, and it, it looks like they're setting up Canadian uh, Lisa Ray as her, her big love interest, which, yeah. you know, it, it's nice to see hometown girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just like uh, Sonny Leone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, I I don't know if I want to move on with this show. Well, there's no hook to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Push Rivali, she likes that guy. Little Things, you know, we're interested in these two's relationship. With this... And Little Things is just so relatable. Yes. And can, to can, us, obviously. To us. It's not relatable to everybody, but it makes sense for yes. us. Yes. Whereas but, neither of us have been four women living in a city. <laughs> well, You've been just, one. <laughs> I've been zero. Well, again, the thing that I the thing that I was gonna, that I was going to say about Sex and the City is again like the the friendship is so those bonds of friendship are so strong. That being said, the first episode of Sex and the City is like not great at all. Hmm. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker did not think that the series would ever get like 
picked up hmm. because she thought it was a it, that was the old pilot thing like the first episode yeah. could be way different so you know for all i know as this series goes on they they really do kind of address maybe some of these things that we found clunkier in this first episode did this feel aspirational to you because i know you like sex and city because they're independent living in new york city they seem fairly well off a lot of the time more than they would for being a newspaper columnist yeah and whatever their jobs are and they have great clothes and shoes and stuff like did that aspect of four more shots please work for you i thought their clothes looked fine yeah there's nothing to write home about the fashion didn't excite me apartments look great yeah yeah but that's tv yeah so yeah so like i just i think ultimately this this episode didn't grab us it didn't make us want more yeah you let us know if it gets better though yeah yeah and and i i, I know it has a lot of fans so you know i'm i'm not trying to be harsh it just yeah. Based on this entire project, it was going to be a pass, pass kind of. Right, right now, I'm at one system. more shot, maybe. Yeah. So. And you know how important it is to me that they get the liquor right. Yeah. Yeah. You screw that up. We should make a list of like the best <laughs> Hindi pro- uh, like films or TV shows that do drinking right. They very rarely get drinking right. Yeah, there's been some hilarious like. Scare quotes, cocktails that have appeared in Indie cinema. Someone or odors a martini and they bring a shot. Like, yeah, it, it's really to weird. Be, to be fair, though, Hollywood rarely gets drinking right these days, too. No. Yeah. Do you want to talk about our next show? We're kind of moving genres here. Yeah, sure. This one, good. I would watch more of this. Yeah. This is The Family Man. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, started on September 20th, 2019. One season so far of 10 episodes. 38 to 53 minutes each. That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, there could be a 10-minute swing. But I like it when, especially Netflix will do that, where... Amazon Prime, too. The yeah. Good Omens show had, like, quite a difference in episode lengths. Yeah. And I like that. Like, epi- not every episode needs to be the same. Yeah. And in one episode of Good Omens, the, like, the opening title showed up, like, halfway through the, sh- the episode. Yeah. Yeah. With, with streaming, you don't need to make it like a network show, yeah. right? Like, you can mm-hmm. play with the format. Uh, so this is created and directed by Raj and DK, who we like. I think we've seen most of their stuff now. Um, no, not quite. There's there's some pre Go Go Gone stuff we haven't seen. Yeah, Go Go Gone was decent. A gentleman, fun. Yeah, and they produced Street. Street, great. They didn't direct it, which we really yeah. liked. Uh, I remember not really liking Go Go Gone when we initially saw it, but I bet I'd like it more now. Now that we've seen so many more terrible Hindi horror films, that we'll go back to that and say, like, you know what? This one's fine. Well, and, and now that I have the appreciation that I have for Saif Ali Khan, like, I bet... You also don't like weed humor, which that had a lot of? Yeah, but I, I, I think I would like it more if I saw it now. Like, I think I would just understand the joke more now. Go, go uh, again. Yeah, they are That's what they should call the sequel. new one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so this stars Manoj Bajpai, pre... Uh, Priyamani, Shoreb Hashmi, Niraj Medav et al. Uh, and Menaj Bajpai. So the reason why Aaron likes this one is that it is essentially the plot of one of her favorite movies, True <laughs> Lies, is. with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it totally is. I love True Lies. And how how many times have you heard me say that they just need to make a sequel to True Lies? That I don't understand why James Cameron is bothering with all this Avatar stuff yeah. when he should just make a sequel to True Lies. Or a True Lies amusement park or all <laughs> stuff like that. True Lies is great. And like the sequel writes itself. Eliza Dukeshu, Faith from Buffy, plays their daughter. Yeah. Uh, though she might not want to return to the franchise based on some of the stuff she said about her experience on set. But I would love a sequel to True Lies. So yeah, the premise of this show totally works for me. It might make more sense though, because Manish Bajpai, in this, his family knows he works for the government in some capacity. Yeah. And it's not like True Lies where he was like... <laughs> An insurance salesman or something with Tom Arnold. With what, like, with like every sort of '80s to '90s project where we're supposed to believe that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a regular human being, <laughs> but yeah. he's also you know, seven feet Wait, tall. What you're trying to say is like it actually is believable that Manoj Baj is it Baj Pai or Baj Pai? I've I've seen it no, multiple ways. Baj Pai. Okay. Uh, I think it's believable that he could just be like a government office worker. Yeah, he in could. In a way he, that it's not believable that Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Yeah, 
But like you, you can believe that he, like he works for you know taxes yeah. or something so, like that. Do you that. want to like fully explain the premise for people who don't understand? So why? his family he thinks that he works. Lies. His family thinks he works for the government in some boring capacity, but actually he works for Task, a fictional, a fictional branch of the National Investigation Agency, and he's basically, as far as we know from the first series, he's like a legendary field operative. Yeah, who has. Um, talked people out of hostage situations, dealt with stuff. And yeah, in this episode, um, he has to talk down a suspected terrorist who they get, they bust out of uh, containment. Uh, like their Delta Force guys essentially mm-hmm. screw up and these guys get away and they have to hunt them through uh, Doravi, it looked like. And yeah, he has to talk down this situation and figure it out. The action was really good too. There's, yeah. you know, gunfights, car chase, lots of good stuff. And meanwhile, in his civilian life, <laughs> his daughter is selling some sort of pills. We're not entirely sure what they are, or like giving them to kids. And she's at like a strict Catholic school. Yeah. So he has to go and talk to a nun and figure out what's going on there. <laughs> meanwhile, he's like looking at his phone because there's this hostage situation developing. And it's funny. And like his wife is. You know, annoyed at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good. I mean, that is an irresistible premise because anyone who has a boring office job, like us, both yeah. of us, would love to, like, have. It's fun to fantasize about, like, what if I was actually a spy instead of sitting around pushing paper, right? Yeah. Everyone likes that. Yeah. It's been renewed for a second season. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, it's it's done well. There, there's faith in this concept. Uh, hi, yeah, I've I really enjoyed this episode. It's funny too. That's it's something so Raj and DK funny. do well. Yeah, and I think it balances all of these elements, kind of like the family sitcom aspect, the spy thriller, the action. Like I just, I thought like, oh, all this stuff is working perfectly in tandem with one another. This is a premise that obviously I already like and have already been wanting more of. I just thought like this. This looks like so much fun, and it ends on a really intriguing cliffhanger. Yeah. It was really hard not to watch the next episode of this. Especially considering it will just autoplay. But (laughs) um, I think this does uh, the idea of a gentleman better, too. I think so, yeah. Because... Like, he's not pretending to be a computer salesman or whatever uh, Siddhartha Malhotra is trying to be. So his office life is as interesting as his spy life because they're the same. Yeah. And then you just add in the family aspect. And his family is already, like, annoying him in various ways, especially his kid playing, his his son playing a recorder. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When my nieces and nephews have started to learn how to play the recorder. We had to listen to Hot Cross Buns so many times. I hate that song. Anyway, like anyone who's ever been near a child. One of them learned Don't Stop Believing. Yes, by Journey. On a recorder. Yeah, so anyone who has been near a school-aged child and had to deal with them playing on their stupid recorder can understand that Ashbash is just like, shut up, put that recorder away, not while I'm around. So, like, the family stuff is funny, too. And his daughter is good at lying. Like, she takes after her father. And that stuff is relatable. Obviously, like, we don't have kids, um, yeah. but we have a lot of nieces and nephews and a lot of kids. friends who have children. And so that aspect of, like, parenting yeah. uh, in this show feels it feels like it would be relatable to a lot of people. Um, with Yeah, with that fantasy aspect of being... It's even doing uh, the true lies thing of his wife potentially having an affair with another guy. Yeah. We don't know what his job is, but if it's like, um, oh, what's his name? Bill, no, it's not Bill Paxton. It's um, it is Bill Paxton in True Lies because oh, he's pretending maybe. to be a spy, isn't yeah. he? And like he has like this sexy life supposedly, whereas <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is this boring office guy. I feel like that might happen again. <laughs> yeah. Also, guys, watch True Lies. And where is my like widescreen Blu-ray of True Lies? Yeah, Criterion. Get on it. Yeah. But yeah, Family Man. Good. I really we want to will see watch this. this in some capacity. Yeah, I want to see more of this. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so our our next show came out a week after The Family Man, and I think had a lot more buzz going in. This is based on a hotshot like novel. Yeah, and also it's coming from uh, I'm Red Chilies from Shiro Khan's production company, and it's produced mm-hmm. by his wife Gori Khan, uh, and and so it had a lot of it had had high expectations going in. Yeah, and then the Family Man dropped a week before it, 
And everything I heard kind of within this two-week period of these two shows dropping was that the Family Man was actually the thing worth getting excited about. You got to think and, Amazon saw that coming. Like, yeah. oh, we got something here. Let's let's beat Netflix to the punch on it. Yeah, and Bard of Blood, it turns out, kind of wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so this came out on Netflix. Came out September 27th, 2019. There was one season with seven episodes, and they're 40 to 49 minutes each. As you mentioned, it's based on a book by Bilal Siddiqui, and it's directed by Rubu Dasgupta, the director of Teen, which we Teen, both, teen we both liked. Yeah. yeah, and I believe he's directing the uh, remake of The Girl on the Train, which sure. I have mixed feelings about because I hated that movie, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, it stars Emran Hashmi, Vineet Kumar Singh, Sobita Dulapalia, and Kirti Kalhari again. Yeah. Emran uh, Hashmi plays an ex-raw agent. Codename Adonis. <laughs> yes. Uh, who, due to a traumatic experience in the past where one of his colleagues and friends uh, was killed, he... Supposedly. Supposedly We don't killed. see it happen. Sorry. And in supposedly spy movies, killed. you you have to confirm the kill because... Uh, my guess is that guy comes back. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of left raw, but he is dragged back in. <laughs> they when... tried to get out, but they pull him <laughs> back in. Uh, when kind of four intellig- intelligence officers kind of get captured. Uh, in Balochistan, which I believe yeah. is also where the foreign stuff was happening in Family Man, which mm-hmm. was, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So they bring him back in to kind of be like... You are our last hope. You need to help us get these intelligence guys back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, like, did not grab me at all. And maybe it's because we watched the first episode of The Family Man first and then watched this. And also because of kind of everything that people have been saying about these two shows. Uh, but it just felt like Emron Hashmi was in a completely different show than everyone else. Like, he had, like, was had cranked up his emotional register like much higher for a lot of scenes than it felt like it needed to be. Yeah. He was just like yelling and crying all the time. He's also a college professor teaching Shakespeare, which is where right. I guess Bard of Blood is. Yeah, the from. Macbeth reference. Yeah. Uh so Bita Tupalia is costumed so her awkwardly. Are awful. Like I understand you know, wanting to make her look maybe more conservative because of her role, like she's an intelligence officer. But you don't need to make her look dowdy. There's a yeah. way to dress someone so that they look conservative but don't look frumpy. And well, maybe she has to go undercover and look hot later. So it's like, well, look at the difference. <sighs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, what did you think of this? I, mean, I think I liked it a bit better than you. Um, in this, the college aspect I don't think they did anything with in the first one yeah like his his not being at work time is not interesting mm-hmm. and you actually get a fair amount of that because he's his uh, partner ex-wife not even sure who he was she was we might have missed some stuff like she's in the hospital they have a kid and that was boring that was boring um, you know guys getting kidnapped in Balochistan and um, uh, Islamic fundamentalist killers like yeah, sure. And I, I kind of like the uh, Pakistani agent who's dealing with those guys. Mm. We've seen him in a few things. He's he's good kind of snivelly villain guy. But yeah, like I wasn't really interested in Emran Hashmi's home life. And do you agree that like he was just kind of playing at a different emotional register than everyone else? Yeah, he was at yeah. once too subdued, but then also too amped. Yeah, because like in the beginning, he's really boring. And then he's too much later. Yeah. And he didn't hit that middle ground. Whereas Minoj Bajpai is just frustrated, <laughs> which is an easy emotion to do. And it works in both your home and professional career. Yeah. Whereas Imran Hashmi is just a sad boy. Yeah. I don't know. This just, this didn't, this didn't grab me. And just kind of the, the machinations of these, these four intelligence officers that they have to go get, like, I don't know. I just kind of didn't care. I think I've just seen so many of these kind of um, of these kind of spy plots and like this kind of like counterterrorism thing. Yeah. That this just felt fell really flat for me. They couldn't the get John Abra- man- They couldn't get John Abraham, so then they go to <laughs> Imran Hashmi. Yeah. Whereas like the Family Man just had like it had like a good hook and it had a lot of rhythm. He's um, catching shit from everybody. The guy selling Vav Pada is saying, like, our government sucks. They should do more work. He's like, come on, I'm right here. Well, and even just kind of, like, 
um, the the spy stuff you see in the Family Man of just kind of like this. Uh, they they have like this new intern, and him and his um, partner have to like show her around, and just like there's a certain kind of workplace mundane aspect to that that just mm-hmm. like felt a bit more refreshing in a, in a in a spy drama whereas a lone wolf operative who's a legend that they bring back into the fold i mean that's solid snake that's snake pliskin that's and again, that, all kinds of things the setup of like it's done before the setup of what the mission is was just like go okay. there get the guys sure. like okay we we i don't yeah. know it just felt a bit more typical the pakistani agent did nothing about this felt fresh the pakistani agent screwing up and like accidentally downloading the files was good yeah. but like yeah All whatever right. Uh, this brings us to our last show, which you picked, Matt. Yeah, I kind of like this one. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's confusing. <laughs> it is Taj Mahal, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, do you want to set it up? Sure. So it's on Netflix. This one just came out, so March twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Which is one of the reasons why we chose it. We were kind of waffling between this and She, um, and we watched the trailers for both, and the trailer for She did not grab us. No, talk about hackney plot. Uh, so this. I can't really tell what the plot is, but, you know, it's new. Uh, so one season, seven episodes, about half an hour each, created by Pushpendra Nath Misra, starring Niraj Kalbi, Gitanjali Kulkarni, Danish Hussain, Shiba Chada, Anud Singh Dhaka, and Anshul Chauhan. It's an, it's an ensemble cast. And this is about four or five couples around Lucknow University in 1989. Yeah. And some of them have been together for 20 years. Some of them have just met. And it's some kind of them of, potentially aren't even together yet. Yeah. And it's looking at, you know, just different love stories. Yeah. And there's kind of like a multi-generational aspect to it. So kind of different approaches to love and romance. And obviously people at different points in their life and how they feel about love and romance. I typically like things set in uh, academic worlds. Uh, because that's where a lot of my work in real life is, and it's always interesting to see what that would be like in a different country, but seeing like petty bickering and stuff still go on, so that, that worked for me. It's also something kind of relatable, because like, we all went to school. <laughs> Both of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this, this did not work for me. I really couldn't tell where it was going from the first episode. Like, obviously, it wants that nostalgia aspect by setting it in 1989. And so... For some reason. Yeah. So, I, I bet for for Indians who, you know, remember 1989, that there's probably something exciting about that. Just kind of... I like the music. You know, like, yeah. Like, yeah. they reference songs and movies and things that people would remember. And I think everyone kind of has nostalgia for school days. That's another reason why, you know, stuff yeah. set in, in universities or academic settings do well. But it has this conceit where, like, people stop and talk to the camera, and then, like, there's, like, doodles all over the screen. Yeah. I hated that. It Not only that, it's also talking to a 2019-2020 audience. Yeah. So it's saying, like, you know, back in 1989, we didn't have Tinder. We had to talk to each other. And you know what this is? What? It's the Wonder Years. Oh, okay. Right? Because yeah. they did that all the time, except without drawing on the screen. Yeah. It'd be kind of like harkening back to, remember what it was like when you had to write a letter or go to the post office? And, you know, I, I didn't hate that as much as you, but I don't think this is going to be the one that we go forward on. It was no. It was okay. I thought it looked really nice. I heard kind of middling things about it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh I didn't mind, or, or I actually kind of liked the handheld photography. Yeah. Uh, Cinematography's good, interesting locations. Yeah, and it's got a real kind of like warm glow to it that I think I think draws you in, but I didn't, I don't know, I didn't connect with any of these characters. I like Niraj Kapi, but yeah, I don't... He's the professor, right? Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw him pop up, I'm like, <laughs> where do I know this guy from? Sacred oh, yeah, Games. he's from Sacred Games, and he's the bad cop. Yeah. Pendlecar, I think his name yeah, is. Yeah, Pendlecar. And I, he's, a, he's a great actor. Anytime he shows up, I really like yeah. him. Yeah. And I was interested in him and his wife kind of not separating, but just not being on the same wavelength, and her just kind of being really annoyed by this. Mm-hmm. And he'll go off to a poetry reading and <laughs> leave her there. Another thing that reminds me of my own job. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll take or leave this one. Yeah, I mean, there is something to say for kind of like something that's familiar but foreign to us. Slice of life. Um, yeah, I just, but as far as slice of life stuff, I, I 
clearly preferred little things. Shorter. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, again, I've seen the first season, so I'm more invested in it. It also is directly more related to our situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was six pilots we watched. Yeah. Um, now we got to pick what we're going to... We have not picked what we're going to do the next... Yeah, we haven't talked about this at Netflix all. Netflix and Dill. Okay, let's go backwards. Taj Mahal 1989. Probably not. No. Bart of Blood? No. No. Family Man? Yes. Yeah. We're definitely going to watch it. In some capacity. I don't know about next. Uh, former shots, please. No, no. no. Uh, Push Pravali, yeah, yeah. And little things, yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I've th- already watched it though. That's the thing. I don't know if I want to watch the first season after you've watched it already. Why? So, I mean, not right away. Yeah. Right. I, I think we should do the Family Man next. Yeah, the Family Man was just a good time. Push Pravali, I would also watch. So we'll probably go Family Man, Push Pravali, and Little Things. I don't know if they're all going to be Netflix and, then and Dills. potentially do another. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they'll each be Netflix and Dills. I mean, it's not like we're going anywhere. We had nothing Yeah, we're not going to guarantee episodes on all those series. But those are the three series that we're interested in going forward We'll at least watch all of them at some point. Yeah. And our next Netflix and Dill will be The Family Man. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. That was good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is a bit of an unusual episode for us. Uh, we thought it was a way, you know, to, like, talk about more of the streaming content that's out there without having to talk about, like, without us having to watch one whole season and then kind of dive into all of it. We thought- Plus, if any of our descriptions of these sound good, maybe you want to check in with them, too. Yeah. I mean, Push Pravali hadn't heard anything apart from Suchin telling us about it, so it probably needs more views. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch I want to watch that for sure. Yeah. TV shows about people being assholes are just inherently great. And we're always right? looking for something um, kind of short in that 25, 22, 25, 30-minute mark. Something you can eat dinner and watch. Yeah, yeah, or like breakfast. So I think we'll definitely be continuing on with, with that show. Whether or not we do a Netflix and Dill episode on it, let us know. Do you, you know, we're going to do the family map, but do you want Netflix and Dill episodes on any of these other series? Please let us know. With Pod Power, ATB is making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, we're giving a Pod Power shout out to Let's Get Lit. Let's Get Lit is a poetry podcast presented by the Writers Guild of Alberta. In each episode, hosts Rayanne Haynes and Matthew Stepanek interview poets based in Alberta and Western Canada about the power of poetry to support and promote arts and literacy. They also enjoy a glass of wine, chosen to match the poet's personality and style while learning more about each poet and asking why poetry matters. You can listen to Let's Get Lit on Audioboom or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more at writersguild.ca. While there is a lot of bingeable streaming content to watch right now, due to COVID-19, there are sadly few sports to watch, unless you want to watch old highlights. But there are always sports movies to watch, and that's exactly what Carl Landra, Joel Schnell, and Nick Seguin have done over on their hockey podcast, The Fourth Line Hockey Podcast. They put together a bracket to attempt to figure out what the best sports film of all time is. Now, we are a little dubious of their methods, as films like Dungal, Mary Calm, Bag Mukabag, and our personal favorite, Mukabaz, weren't included. But there's always next time, right guys? You can find the Fourth Line Hockey Podcast and the rest of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Podcasts at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode, Matt. Oh, it does. It does, yeah. Uh, what are we doing next time? Uh, next time, <laughs> we've we've been talking about this one for a while, and and the reason why we haven't gotten to it is partly because these movies are long. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, an episode about two films about extramarital affairs. Something that's probably pretty tough to do right now, <laughs> right? Yeah, probably. This is not something you can get up to in quarantine. Yeah, Francis. Not easily. Francis just like, but how are we supposed to meet our mistresses? Yeah, there was a newspaper article about that, right? <laughs> From like five to seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So this is like, this is uh, about, yeah. What's the word? Infidelity. Like? Infidelity, cheating. Uh, so we're going to be looking at Silsila and Kavi Alveda Nakena. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these are both like epic run times. Big stars. Maybe real infidelity in the case of one of them. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, art imitating life or life imitating art. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to... Rekka's back in the picture. Mm-hmm. Love seeing her. Uh, I'm excited to dive into both of these films. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, Bollywood is for lovers.tumblr.com, facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers, 
at Bollywood Pod on Twitter. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Ernie Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We are still reading our reviews on air. We just haven't had one in a while. You have no excuse. Yes. You are sitting in your house right now, potentially on lockdown or at least a stay-at-home order. So just come on. Those biffle points are there for the taking. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be great to get some more five-star reviews for us to read. Even a four-star review. Uh, don't, don't put it... I mean, come on. Just hit the five-star. we got to balance well. out that one one-star. Um, while you're there, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. Uh, we just recorded an episode about uh, like women in TV trying to make it big. So we discussed To Die For and Morning Glory. TV news. Yes, TV news. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's a decent episode. I really like To Die films. For. That was a good yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, so maybe give that a listen if you're looking for more to listen during your. There's quarantine. like 300 episodes of that one. So if you really <laughs> need stuff to do and you like hearing Aaron's voice, then yeah, you got plenty of material. Yeah, I love. All the ways that I can't figure out how to say things and mispronounce everything. Yeah, if you thought it was bad in Hindi, wait till you say it in other languages. Uh, we also want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Uh, Tuffy continues to be the best boy. Do you know who would not cheat on his wife? Tuffy? Tuffy. Yeah, probably not. If dogs can get married, <laughs> I feel like Tuffy would be very... He'd be kind of a homebody. Tuffy, Tuffy's kind of like a home wrecker, though. He like breaks up an almost marriage because of <laughs> the like. He's doing it for the right reasons. Sure. He is. I guess. I guess we'll see if anyone's breaking up their marriages for the right reasons in in our films next. It's next episode. true. And if Tuffy does it again, like if he showed up in Selsola, <laughs> he'd be a puppy. <laughs> yeah, he'd be younger. It would be Tuffy Sr. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, see you later. Uh, Don't go outside. Don't touch anybody.